When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So welcome in, everybody. This is the Falcons podcast on a Monday. That's usual, but it's draft month. That mm-hmm. only happens, you know, the first Monday of every April of every year. So this is kind of a special day, Nick. How are yeah. you doing, my friend? I'm doing pretty well. A little bit tired. Had uh, too much fun yesterday. Hung out with some friends. Watched the Iowa game, which was not fun seeing them lose. But congrats to LSU women. They were definitely a better team, even though some of the refing was questionable. But, you know, they they deserved it. So Congrats to them and uh, feeling pretty good. Excited going to the Mariners game tonight. It's a uh, bark at the park. So we are taking the dog with. So Lord help us. Uh, we'll see how the heck goes, but it'll be fun. Those seem to go okay. You know, as yeah. far as the bark in the parks go, I mean, cause they're very popular. I know they're popular, yeah. but uh, you know, you don't necessarily want to do them on in July in Georgia, but you know, no. they have, they try and keep them cool. I think, uh, you know, if, if they'd had problems, they wouldn't keep doing them and they're very popular all across the league. So I think you'll have a, have a really good time. Speaking of good time, the chat has been hopping this morning already. So I want to say good morning to some folks, including Michael Rancue, who's always supporting us up early with us uh, out in Arizona. Thank you, Michael. He says, good morning, Scott and Nick on the Falcons podcast. Cristiano is in as well. Good morning, Nick, Scott, and Michael coming in second. Um, Victor, Victor coming in too. He says, good morning. Hope you had a great weekend. Getting very excited for the draft. I really believe we should go cornerback edge in the first two rounds. We could have a really deep, decent defense this year. Um, PFF put together a graphic on uh, on the Falcons' possible possible uh, lineup next year. It only had one draft pick in there. The rest of them were already on there. I was like, wow, wait, this actually looks pretty good. Uh, I posted that on the Atlanta Falcons fans on Facebook, and it's been seen by almost 100,000 people. So people have, are really liking that. Uh, credit it to PFF because they did the work and uh, wanted to make sure that people knew that. But yeah, it's um, Victor. One of the things that's been interesting to me on this, and, and Nick, we'll get into this, is if, if Tyree Wilson has been there, I, I've been taking him in my mock drafts. But then I get around to the second round, and like my three best available players are all edge. Hmm. Um, you know, does that would that make me want to maybe not take edge early, or you know, the Falcons have had twenty one sacks. As much money as they spent in free agency, they didn't really get an edge rusher. They got a couple of hybrid defensive and defensive tackles. Uh, and they got some pressure up the middle, Caden Ellis, David Onyemata, et cetera. But if my two best players in the first two are both edge, that's all right, don't you think? I couldn't give a flying hoot if you took an edge rusher in the first round and you took a second one. Some people are like, what does that mean for Ebiketti and uh, Western Malone? Malone? I don't care. Uh, have this yeah. team has been horrible at getting after the passer. There's no such thing as having enough good pass rushers. And guess what? You trade the weakest one. Uh, there's no guarantees. We didn't see very much uh, from uh, Malone last season as well. So that's fine. Uh, I, you don't have to go that way. It's not like completely ideal because you have other areas that you could patch up. But for a team that's been dreadful at getting after the quarterback, getting two edge rushers when they're your best players with your first two picks, fine. Go hunt. Yeah, it was... Uh... The Falcons did that was in 1988. They had the number one overall. They went uh, Andre Bruce and Marcus Cotton 
Now, that didn't work out so well. They had the number one overall, but uh, I, I'm with you on this because I, I take Tyree Wilson one, and then I'm like, wait a minute, and then I get down to the next pick. Well, there's B.J. Ojolari. There's Zach Harrison. You know, there's all these guys that I'm like, well, edge again, edge again, maybe. Um, because, again, the outside pass rush, they built up the middle um, with free agency. They built the spine of the defense, but you could still use some work out on the edges, no pun intended, edge and corner. So I'm with you on this, Victor. So we'll see how our board shakes out today when we run through this mock draft. Roderick Cook coming over from the UK. Says afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon to you as well. Big Al and early on Facebook as, as well. And uh, our guy, Mark Schrader, coming in from Texas. Says, uh, good morning. Good morning to you, Mark. And uh, Michael says, congratulations to the Iowa women's basketball and great NC women's champion tournament season. Mm -hmm. That's a shout out to Nick. Nick went to Iowa. Big Iowa fan. Um you know, no slight to LSU, who did actually win it. Yep. Um, so congratulations to both. And I won't be totally surprised if the women outdrew the men this in the in the finals for Sunday. I'm like, I, I don't know who's in it, who who who's in the men's. I, I it, think it's San Diego State and UConn. And UConn's going to win probably by like 20. They've like beaten every team by like 16 in the tournament so far. They're okay, well, I've heard of UConn at least. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Obviously, we've heard of all these teams. That yeah. That is an actual fairly storied program, even if the women have outshined the men through through the long term. UConn has been a good basketball yeah. program, period. Both, si uh, both sides of uh, women and men. So yeah. but it won't surprise me a bit if the women, when all the numbers come in, if the women's final end ends up with more does more numbers. Um, Jamal coming in says, good morning, Nick and Scott and everyone else. That, that's all y'all. Good morning to you as well, Jamal. Um, let me see here. We'll get through some numbers. Make you fumbles here. Well, we, good. Well, we can get started now. Okay. He says, I'm here. Yes, he is. He is Let's here. All right. Uh, good. Joe Cannon. It looks like the Facebook algorithm starting to open up and spread his fingers out there a little bit. He's, Joe says, great morning, Nick and Scott. Jason L. He's ready for Bijan at eight. You're not going to be able to talk me into that one, Jason. Uh, Ryan Adonis, who might come in here eventually, he, he's been trying. It's it's just, just you can't do it. You just can't. Um, if this team didn't run the ball so well already, then I'd say, yeah, they need to really juice up the running back room to make up for their deficiencies running the ball. They run the ball great. I don't need a great running back to run the ball great. That's kind of how I feel about it. You know, I got a, a rookie who wasn't even active the first game. He set the Falcons rushing record from a fifth round pick. I don't need Bijan. He's a luxury guy, and the Falcons aren't in a position where they can get luxury picks. Their roster's not good enough. If they were coming off a 13-3 and season uh, and needed one player to win it and wanted to go and get a luxury pick, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm all about it. But they're, they're not there yet, Nick. Yeah, and I asked this question. When it comes to running back that early, uh, can you look at this roster and say, if we put Bijan Robinson on this, we become a, not a super not a playoff contender, not a, you know, anything can happen, like a legitimate top four betting team in the Super Bowl contender uh, year one and year two, because those are the years that you probably need to lean into the contract with uh, the rookie running back. And I just can't see it right now with this team. I mean, you have too many question marks with Desmond Ritter. Offensive line still could use a couple of even weapons. I mean, outside of your top two investments in the past game, question marks and edge rusher and cornerback. So I can't see it top eight uh, with Beach and Robinson, even though I am a big fan of him if you traded down to like 16 to 20 and he was still there and you picked up an additional capital, uh, then we can have a conversation. I'm not like anti taking him round one, but in the top 10, when there's going to be offensive line edge rusher cornerback available that I think can be more helpful or even 
Scott, I won't put this one away. I'm sorry. Uh, quarterback conversation. Uh, surrounding. No, we're about to get into it because yeah. um, <clears throat> Cristiano has a question about it, and we're we're going to yeah. talk about it. And the last the last mock I did, Anthony Richardson was staring me in the face, and I went, "Hmm, yep." I, away. I almost did it. <laughs> yeah, I I probably would have done it, uh, but uh, I think that's you're still in the quarterback conversation as well because with how this team is spent uh, and where the direction is and where the NFC South is, don't think this Falcons team is picking in the top ten next season. And it's not every year that you have four guys that are potentially top 10, like next year's quarterback class looks pretty special at the top, but I don't think it's as deep at the top. Right. Yeah. And, and the question is, is if, if you are picking in the top 10, then you need a quarterback because Desmond Ritter flopped. Yeah. Um, if you're not, then he probably had a decent enough season and you aren't necessarily in the quarterback market anyway. So it kind of goes back and forth a little bit. I don't know if you this roster would flop enough with the Arthur Smith type of offense and how it's pretty pass game proof as anyone can be in the NFL and with how this team is spent. Like it would have to be a unbelievable bottom two, bottom three quarterback in the NFL flop to be in that range. And even then, but that's I don't what people see... are predicting, Nick. DraftKings yeah. has the over under at six and a half. They've won seven the last two games. They're seven and ten and picking eight the back in back to back seasons. I think that's that is more to do for me. I agree. I think that has more to do with the betting market than the actual Falcons team. Uh, personally, I don't think there's a lot of love for, I mean, did you see the Travis Kelsey um, going across the league? Like he immediately was our name of the coaches had no idea who Arthur Smith is. People don't know who Arthur Smith is, but really good offensive mind the way they spent. I mean, I think this is a f much better team. Well, in, in, in words of the snowman from Smokey and the bandit, why don't we introduce the man? So yeah. you, that goes way over your head. Jeremy's got to be in here to get that one, but uh that was at the end when Jerry Reed decides to say, they don't even know who you are. And he's driving the big pickup truck. He's like, oh, they don't, do they? <laughs> the big uh, semi. Well, let's just introduce him to the man. Brandon Swank coming in. Appreciate your brain. He says, I know this is old news, but Smith says he likes the idea to have Lamar Jackson as our QB. What would a true trade look like if so? I, I'm not saying Smith didn't say that, but the only thing I've heard him say on the record is we don't talk about other people's players. Now, what he would say, of course, yeah, we'd be interested in Lamar Jackson. He's a great player. That would be coach speak. And you wouldn't have to be a trade. He is a uh, he's a restricted free agent of sorts. He's got the non-exclusive tag on him. So if you sign him and they didn't match, you would send him number eight this year and whatever you have next year. And then you would have to sign, sign him to a contract, which is the sticking point with the Ravens, which the national media keeps seeming to forget. The national media is, is assuming that he's been great for the Atlanta Falcons and the Falcons don't want to pay him now. It's, it's really weird. Um, but uh, it would be two first round picks plus the, the compensation of signing him to a new deal. And the, the reason why people don't want to get engaged is because if they come to terms with Lamar Jackson, Baltimore can still just match it. Mm -hmm. So, why am I going to go through the trouble of going through this long, hard negotiation that you've been trying to do for two years and have been unsuccessful and you want me to do it for you? Hell no. So, but that's what it would be, Brandon. It would be two first round picks and then you'd have to re-sign him. Um, and Cristiano, last question before we get into this here real quick. He says, uh, if Anthony Richardson is available at eight, could it be viewed as a fall considering the recent mocks? Remember, he wasn't even considered a first round talent a couple months ago. Combine craze all around. I know Cristiano, he was he was being mocked mid-first pretty early, uh, just mm -hmm. based on the tools. And if he's available at eight right now, I kind of would consider it a fall, Nick. I, I, I don't think he's going to be there at eight right now. I'll be a little surprised if he makes it past four. 
four, five, six really seem to be in the area where he might come off the board. Uh, we'll see what happens here, but Richardson is a rare human being in terms of the athletic tools and with what teams uh, have seen recently with some of these superhero uh, demigod quarterbacks, uh, somebody can lean into it. I mean, and talking about his tape as well, I mean, Florida ran a very vertical oriented offense. There was not a lot of layup shots out there uh, for him. And let's just call it as it is. Their pass catchers were freaking dreadful, running the wrong routes, dropping ones that hit off, like just missing it completely, hitting off their shoulder pads. I mean, it's tough to watch um, from a supporting cast perspective. Now I will give it to uh, Florida. I think they have, their offensive line was pretty good, but the pass catchers were freaking dreadful uh, out there in Gainesville. So uh, he's a unique human. Really, it's going to come down to, and I've said it on here before, but how did he do in the interviews? What makes him ticked? Our team is buying the work ethic our team's buying the intelligence is he a football maniac uh because if he is those are the kind of guys that you you bet on and if you miss at least you took a big swing i i don't think you want to play play for bunting on base with the quarterback position you need to take big swings i think i think he's got a chance to go number four to the colts it makes a lot of sense to me shane steichen has some runway as a new coach you know the, now the general manager might not that's the problem is, is chris ballard mm -hmm. He's, he's kind of on the hot seat in Indianapolis. Shane Steichen will get some time. It makes sense to me uh, for there. Leon Mapstone coming in. says, good morning. Good morning, Leon. Glad you found us this yeah. morning. Albert Knopper's coming in. Mile high, Dutchie. Appreciate you being here. And Ryan Adonis, we were just talking about you, about Bijan Robinson. And uh, he's obviously not a fi fan of Anthony Richardson. And I, I get it. Trust me, I do on this one. Uh, he says, you think the roof of the practice field is most accurate throw yet? 53%. You know, there's there's some questions in there, but that was his uh, his first year of passing last year as a full time starter was was subpar. So I, I get it. I'd be real interested in being able to bring him in and develop him. Um, you know, you don't necessarily need him right away, um, but we'll see. Let's see. Let's uh, let's get into this thing since we got about 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Let me. Uh, let me, we want to start a mock draft. I'm going to do seven rounds with the Falcons here real quick. And it, God, it's addicting because we're going to do it today on the Pro Football Network mock draft. And they offer trades up. I'm like, yeah, 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 I'll do all those. I want to start accumulating picks. Sure, I'll take a, a 2024 third for this six-round pick. Yes. Um, I'll try not to be, uh, you know, too crazy with it. And just real um, quick before we move on, just that Richardson put a bow on it. Yep. I think I think right now, if you were asking me based on what I've heard, I think he has the second best odds to go number one overall of all the quarterbacks you think so? right now. I, from what I'm gathering, I don't think it's a Will Levis up there. Don't think it's Bryce Young. I think the height is too detrimental, and I think he's a little bit too much of a chaos merchant. Um, and apparently, just like the tools, the makeup. I mean, again, there's there's never been an athletic profile that matches this. The closest we've had is Cam Newton. Uh, so yeah, Cam's, I think Cam's actually pretty close, re real close. Actually, I, I had Cam at like four or five when he was in high school. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he ran in pro days. That's only why I'm just I'm, I'm not trying to like name shout here, but that's, you know, I ran a combine that he was at and I looked over at his dad and said, you better slow him down and they're going to turn him into a wide receiver. <laughs> um, You know, and um, Cam's pretty damn close. Uh, yeah. You know, I think Anthony's probably a little bit faster, probably a little bit heavier at two forty five. Yeah, and he probably played at about 250. I mean, there's a 50-yard run against Utah that is unbelievable. <laughs> that's um, just a different play. And we saw what happened last season with the floor you can get from a quarterback that's that athletic and big uh, with Justin Fields with that terrible 
uh, terrible supporting cast in Chicago, and he just still instant offense. So I think there's a chance um, he can go number one. And look at this, man, picture in picture there. Um, but no, I'm uh, yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm used to doing that. I check, I I keep an eye on okay. on the uh, the Facebook chats as well because uh, in case stars are coming in, I want to make sure yeah. we pay special attention to stars. So I flip back through there and I forget I'm sharing that whole screen. <laughs> it's okay. I should just do a tab. Um, let me see here. Um, Nathan Floyd coming in here real quick. He says here, good morning, Nathan. He says, hearing rumors of Tennessee wanting to move up to three for a quarterback, better chances of one of the big defensive guys falling to the Falcons. It won't be a total shock if, if quarterbacks go one, two, three, four. It's it's very possible because one, three, and one, two, and four all need a quarterback. Mm -hmm. So if you want to not get the fourth pick, you better move up to three, which is Arizona Cardinals. Um, so it, it's very, very possible that that could happen. So Let's get in. Let's just jump into this. We got about 10 minutes now, so we can we can run this through pretty quick. I got seven rounds. I have not picked the Atlanta Falcons. Speed draft. Let's go. And there it goes. CJ Stroud. See, look at these things. Would I trade down an eight and a 13, an eight and a 113 to get to 13 and 42? Probably. I, yeah. I might do that. That might not be enough, though, consider, but I'm I'm not gonna go trade crazy here. But I have three offers. Eight for 21 and next year's second, no. Uh, eight and 11 for next year's second, no. It's going to cost you more than that. Um, you move up three and, spots? I mean, I'd want to see what the board looks like. And there he is again. Yeah, God. No matter where I go, he's followed me around. But CJ Stroud, Bryce Young. So in 99% of PFF's mock drafts, they just released an article. CJ Stroud has gone one or two. In like 70%, it's been Bryce Young, one or two. And, and we've kind of talked that way. Here's the big surprise here is Miles Murphy going in that spot, which gives you a shot at Tyree Wilson. Christian Gonzalez is gone. Will Anderson, Jalen Carter's gone. Uh, Anthony Richardson in four, we just talked about. Um, if I'm going here, I'm asking, do I want, you know, who do I have higher? Do I have like a Devin Witherspoon? Do I need do I need a guy I could play at corn at, at edge or or uh, offensive tackle? Um, Bijan Robinson is right here. Uh, Ryan, you're right, and and he's going to stay right there because I don't need a uh, a running back to run the ball well with the Atlanta Falcons. And this roster is not in position to have a luxury pick. You mentioned online the other day about you know you could make the same argument for Julio Jones being a luxury pick. And I was I reacted so quickly to the fact that I thought that trade was so bad for the overpay, considering where the Falcons were needing defense. You don't give up 50 points, not at home as the number one seed in the playoffs and trade five picks for a freaking receiver. That was moronic um, that it didn't even I didn't even get to the point where that was a 13 and three team who could go for a luxury pick if they wanted to trade and they thought they were one guy away. They might have been one guy away but it was a defensive player, not an offensive player. Uh, the Falcons aren't there yet. You, you can't take a luxury pick here. I still need to build my roster, and I'm going edge. Yeah, it's Tyree Wilson. Now, if Tyree Wilson had gone, let's say, three in this, I would have been very tempted by the uh, trade from Tennessee to move down just three spots and get a 20, another second-round pick next season from a Tennessee team that seems like it could be pretty big on the rebuild. Uh, I would have considered that just move, to move down three spots to see what it looks like. And I would take this one. You have two offers. I'd move one one spot to pick up a third. I'll probably do that. Move down 10 to pick up their third. <clears throat> Trade a, what's that? Three is probably fifth round. End of the fifth. Yeah, I'll do that. So. Why not? But I'm not going to keep going crazy here. 
Um, second pick, I said, you know what? This happened to me before, too, when I did one beforehand. As I'm going through these names, I got Trenton Simpson, Josh Downs, Darnell Washington, and, and then I got Ade Ade here. Um, mm-hmm. Now, Ade Ade is listed as an edge, but he's a 290-pound edge. For me, he's going to be similar to a Grady Jarrett type who's more athletic. That's why Grady fell to the fifth, but he's a little short. He's 285 instead of 320. But for me, I can take Ade Ade and put him inside outside, depending on the situation. And I got a four, five, 290 pound guy on my defensive line. Yes, please. Yeah. The only one, uh, can you scroll down just a little bit? I'm yep. going to be, I mean, you know, I'm a big Ade Ade fan just looking at the board here. Okay. The other one that I think is going to be interesting. Torrance low there. I don't know if he's more right guard than anything. The one that I think would be really fun, and this is just maybe more of a luxury pick, but uh, you have uh, Darnell Washington, who could be just like a cheat code uh, for your team from a offensive scheme perspective with how much the Falcons like to run two tight end sets and how much they want to run the football. Uh, getting somebody like a Darnell Washington would be incredible. Yeah, it would be. Um, I'd go Ade Ade still, but uh, Darnell Washington Smith. is... And and I got one year of Calais Campbell. I got right now. I've got good, a much better offensive line, but I'm old. Um, yeah. And for me, on this one is uh, is, is Ryan says I'd can I'd really consider Osiris Torrance here because I could he's a plug and play at left guard. Um, I could I could probably handle my left guard position. Uh, my bias here is still on the defense. And I, I would rather have, I would take a, a risk that I could get an interior lineman later. I can't get a six, one and a half, 285 pound, four, five defensive lineman later. I can't do that. Not yeah. possible. Yeah. If, if Adi Adi wasn't here, I would probably say Darnell Washington, but uh, Adi Adi is, I mean, I, you know, I have a bias for the defensive line pass rushes yeah. as well. So I'm fine. No, I, I could, I could live with all three of those picks and consider those are all three really good picks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to, I want to go Adi here. Uh, just again, the defensive line has gotten a massive improvement, but now they're older. Taquan yeah. Graham is really the only one that's not. I'm going to reject this one, and I would probably have taken both of those, but uh, I'm not going to. Um, let's see. At pick 75, Owen Papo, local linebacker from Grayson High School. Um, Kayshawn Butte is a hell of a player. Some questions there. Um, Jordan Battle at safety. How good do I feel about Richie Grant long-term? Um, Jalen Jones, Trey Palmer, who there's my speed guy. And the Falcons did bring him in on a visit, Nick. I think it's still a little bit early for Trey Palmer personally. And also on um, last one, I, I didn't, we didn't talk about him enough, but I think Josh Downs is uh, somebody that could be considered there for the Falcons. Also a wide receiver. Who's kind of an inside outside slot guy. Who's being slept on. I think pretty good. Uh, this one to me seems pretty obvious uh, in my opinion, and maybe you're going to disagree with me on this, but I think it's Julius Brents. Uh, they have Tyreek Stevenson rated higher, but Julius Brents is an, an absolute height, weight, speed freak. That's right. Um, he hits like a safety. He has, I think, maybe the longest wingspan ever recorded for a cornerback coming out. Um, he had unbelievable uh, agilities uh, coming out, too, for his size, which doesn't make any sense. He had great jumps. Biggest uh, issue with me with Julius Brents is that he, I don't think he does the best finding the football. Uh, his ball skills are not there yet. But, again, you're talking about a third-round cornerback here. He's somebody who's just, he's a unique uh, yeah, who's the kid from uh, the smaller school that went um, or was it, or was it TCU? TCU's not smaller, but he went to Seattle last year, like in the fifth. Yeah, from uh, University of Texas, San Antonio. UTSA. Uh, okay, he was a smaller one, and, and it was our school. Um, Tariq Woolen. Tariq Woolen. That's right. This yeah. is him. Don't make that same mistake again. 
don't let him fall to the fifth. Grab him. I think Julius Prince is more physical. Um, maybe and, not as well. And, and, and Woolen was like all rookie this year. He was really yeah. good. Yep. Um, I'd probably take that trade too, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> like I said, it can be really addictive here. And one of the things, one of the reasons why I, I wasn't going to take Washington is because I've seen value at the tight end position later on in the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I wanted to go that direction, um, the kid from Michigan so hanging around all the time. Zach Coons yeah. is a pretty good player. Well, this one's um, pretty easy for me. Um, again, so I'd take the top guy on the board here. Tyler Scott, uh, I think, is a great down-the-field weapon uh, from University of Cincinnati. I th- think he's going to go somewhere in the top 75 picks. To have him here at 110 is ridiculous, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's a very good pick. Uh, other than that... And he's I been brought think- in as a visit, too, I believe. I think the Falcons were bringing him in. Um, or maybe I saw him. Maybe he was in someone else's mock draft. Maybe the the big... He may have been in Jordan Reed's big seven-round mock draft, and the Falcons took him in the third. I think they took we're, him in the third. Yeah, We're getting him a little later than that. Wide so, receiver, and we get to pick again, so we don't even have to choose. And, oh, uh, goodness, there's my guy. I mean, I, I wouldn't can go be against quickness, it. And now I can go power. My wide receiver room looks good. I would not be against it. You also still have Kuntz on the board, who's an absolute uh, athletic freak at the tight end position to consider, but I know Mingo's your guy. So we got to do I'm it not passing time. Jonathan Mingo. And it feels like people are starting to wake up and pay attention on him. I've been singing yeah. his praises since I saw him, you know, in person. Yep. And he's just, I put it out there as an article on all Falcons. Like, you know, the next quarter old Patterson, you know, that's a stretch. He's a, he's probably a more polished receiver than quarter was at the time. Uh, but as, and, and I think some of the questions were, is he's as, as physical as quarter I don't know anybody's as physical as quarter. Yeah. It takes a special kind of crazy to, to return kickoffs. But if you're looking for a guy who's 6'2", 225, running into the four fives with sticky hands that you can punish defensive backs with and use out in the open field, this is your guy. It's absolutely yeah. your guy. And I'm taking him, and I'm going to use him as a, in a slash role. Um, I'm going to move him all over the place. So I've got my Cordell Patterson replacement. Cordell's got two years left on his deal. Might not see both years. We don't know. We don't know. You know, he is getting older, despite the fact that he had low wear and tear on his tires. I must have traded away a middle round pick, for goodness sakes. I think he did. <laughs> so um, we're on the clock. Let me see here. Uh, we're at 224 and 225 back to back. So we're really kind of scraping down low here. Um, it's not a bad spot for a running back. Mm-hmm. I don't see anybody in there that's really... You know, we we are here towards the end here. <laughs> is this where I can get a decent player at a position of lower value? You know, um, I, I get my guard, which you is got back to back picks anyway. as well. You got back to back, so this you can go right, with I a see one I wanted to take. You know, so I might go running back or interior line if I could, or a linebacker. I have a few players here that I'd be interested then in. These are your picks, Nick. Make them. Uh, I think Dwayne McBride is an interesting player. He has an unbelievable yards after contact there at UAB. Now he fumbles the ball like freaking crazy at UAB. So you want to watch out for that. Um, but like the actual flashes, like he has the body type where he could be a big time uh, playmaker and a uh, a running back. Got to protect the football, but we're talking about a seventh round pick here. I think yeah. you have a chance at a potential starting. Yeah, starting if, player. if he's got that kind of athleticism, make him a special teams demon, you know, yeah. and then earn your way onto the team. The next one for me is the uh, Keandre Coburn um, or. Uh, Brandon Strange. So Keandre Coburn is like a nose tackle from Texas. Uh, this is a player who's probably going to be on your practice squad year one. Uh, scroll down a little bit. You'll see the defensive tackle from Texas. Um, 
did we miss him? There he was. Okay, yeah, Coburn, um, nose tackle from Texas, uh, solid player. I think he's probably, you know, your developmental zero or one technique type of guy. And again, seventh round, probably practice squad year one, but somebody I think you can get some value from. And also there was uh, Davis Allen's a nice tight end. I think I prefer if you're going tight end, I prefer the one that was a little bit further down um, in. Uh, oh, gosh, Brandon Strange. And then also, yeah, Yasir Abdullah. Yasir this Abdullah is not a bad for- player to get him there. No, that's that's the one that stands out to me. Yeah, uh, Yusuf Abdullah. We do have our biases for those trench players, um, but I think that'll probably do it for the draft. Yeah. So we went, we went um, defense early. Close here. Close here, and let's see if we can zoom in just a little bit. Probably have to zoom went, out. We went just defense early. Tyree Wilson, uh, Ade Ade. Again, these are. These are high upside type of guys. Julius Brents, including him too. So we got our athletes early. Wide receiver, bring something a little bit different to the team in the in the slot. Jonathan Mingo, for me, is a Cordero Patterson comp. Uh, and then running back and edge to finish. And we picked up a third in 2024. So uh, not bad. Not bad at all. On that note, let me uh, let me stop this screen. Say hello to Tyler, who came in. Uh, Roderick's impressed how you know all these guys. Yeah, I, 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 I know some. I don't know nearly as many as Nick. And I kind of lean to the ones that I saw at the Senior Bowl, too. But you know what? So have the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons have taken a ton of guys out of the Senior Bowl the last couple of years. Uh, and Michael Ranquillo is closing this out here saying, great show today, Scott and Nick, on the Falcons podcast. So that was the Falcons podcast. We ran through a mock. We're going to get going. We're going to head over to Mile High Huddle to talk Broncos for breakfast for a little while. Um, any last burning desires that you want to get off your chest before we get out of here? Ah, uh, nothing really. Uh, that was probably one of the better mocks that we've run. And that's, I think the PFN ones, I don't typically walk away with ones that I feel are more unrealistic, uh, than the PFF ones, but it's a draft mock draft simulator. You never know, right? That's, that's the beauty of it. We'll know, uh, in less than a month. Yeah, we will. It's coming up. It's coming up quick. So, uh, we will see the, it'll be hard for the Falcons unless they do a massive reach. I can pretty much live with any player that they could take because their roster is in such a better position. You know, they're not in a place like, Oh, we're going to take back-to-back wide receivers. I'm like, you got questions at quarterback and your offensive line stinks. You're, you know, and now we see people calling, you know, Kyle Pitts was a bust for the Falcons and all this. I'm like, Kyle Pitts isn't a bust. It was just a wasted pick er for the early part of his career. He's so young. It might not matter but you were not going to get the value out of Kyle Pitts and Drake London on this team early. And that's okay. I mean, time goes by and here we are moving forward to 2023. And now you got two young cost controlled, really talented receivers. Still have a little bit of question of quarterback. So we'll have to see, uh, mm-hmm. we will have to see. Cause that, my, that was my concern. I'm like, you're going into year three of Kyle Pitts's contract and you still have questions of quarterback. Desmond Ritter can answer those questions the same way the offensive line did last year. Yep. and turn a concern into a strength. That would be the best case scenario for the Atlanta Falcons. So we're going to get out of here. Thank you for being here, everybody, and participating in the chat and coming in early and all those things. We will see you Wednesday morning right here, 9 a.m. Until then, hope you all have a good uh, good week. It's our spring break, so we're looking forward to it. And it's one one day closer to the NFL draft. Have a good day, everybody. Peace.